everyone, welcome to yet another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, here with my co-host and cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Well, as what always, we got? we've got WandaVision to talk about, we've got some rolling or trolling, we've got a special edition suggested for you. We both are going to be talking about Groundhog Day. Fantastic film. Let's start with WandaVision. Let's do it. Let's jump, dive right in, because this week is, it gets better and better. I'm not even going to bury the yeah. lead. There, there were a lot of things going on this week. I know the past couple of weeks, we have um, kind of gone almost scene by scene. Today, I think what I want to do, I might, I'm going to go back to our trusty Wikipedia right summary. On. Give the quick summary, and then we're just going to dive into everything that happens. Dive. Let's dive. I'm ready. All right. WandaVision Episode 6, titled All New Halloween... Halloween. All New Halloween Spooktacular. In a late 1990s, early 2000s setting, Wanda wants to spend Tommy and Billy's first Halloween together as a family. But Vision tells her that he is going to patrol the streets with the neighborhood watch. Pietro offers to step in as a father figure and takes the boys trick-or-treating, causing mischief with his super speed, which Tommy is revealed to have inherited. Meanwhile, Vision explores further away from their house and finds residents of Westview standing frozen in their positions, including Agnes. Vision speaks to Agnes's real self, and she tells him that he is dead. Outside Westview, Hayward orders Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy to leave the base for disagreeing with his decision to attack Wanda, but they sneak back inside. They hack into his computer and discover that he has been tracking Vision's vibranium signature. Vision tries to push through the static wall, but he begins to disintegrate. Billy senses this and tells Wanda, who expands the hexagonal static wall. Vision, Darcy, and several sword agents are enveloped by the new boundary. Yeah. And then the commercial was a claymation commercial uh, during uh, the program that advertises Yo Magic Yogurt. Right. Very Gogurty, very uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, oh, yeah. Step by Step. Are you familiar with that show? Do you remember the show Step by Step? Um, I, I'm familiar with Patrick the Duffy. title. I'm sure if I yeah. saw it, I would, I would you'd recognize it if you saw it. Like you it's definitely one of those things that you skip past. Like I was a big fan. It was, a. Uh, it was like, I guess at the time I was watching, it was part of the Wednesday night run yep. of reruns mm-hmm. and everything else. Um, but this episode I think was worked perfectly because it was fast paced. Like they weren't giving us like they gave us new information, but it was really just like, it was moving. It was to get us to that end scene. Everything seemed like it was to get us to that end scene, which I feel like it revealed a lot. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe my interpretation's wrong, but I, after I saw that last scene, I'm like, Oh, I understand everything. That's how I felt walking away from that episode. Okay. Interesting. What, yeah. what about it? like well so let's all right so here's the thing 
let's go back. And like I said, I think all evidence to the moving quickly is uh, seen in, you know, ironically seen in the fact that we've got Zoom there now, or mm-hmm. Quicksilver rather. Um, the kids grew up. We get a quick intro into the show, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, that 90s style. Then you, it's a Halloween episode, which 90s shows were wonderful at. Roseanne used to do a, like, a, a, shoot, that show was like notorious for their Halloween episodes. Right. Right. A lot of shows. Um, a lot of shows did lot their shows. big Halloween episodes, mainly because yeah. all of the sitcoms and stuff they were debuting in the in the fall. So they always mm-hmm. had a Halloween. They always had a Thanksgiving. They always had a Christmas episode. Definitely. Definitely. So like that, that was a fun thing to see. But let's let's just talk about some snippets before we get to the end. Absolutely. And, you know, let's we got to weigh in. Let's together. do it. Let's well, let's start with right with the beginning with. Uh, we see the further rift between Mm. vision and Wanda. Yes. Where he's decided, no, I'm not going trick or treating with you. You're sketching me out. I'm, I'm going on patrol quote unquote, when really he's going to go try to figure out a little bit more of what's going on, which feels a little insensitive, but, like we understand like because for a second i got caught up because he knows he's like being messed with and it still hasn't been addressed and she's lying to him she's lying and i in my head i'm like well that kind of sucks like you know but i got caught up in the fake tv show of it all right right um but they come down the stairs in kids uh the original wanda and vision outfit from the comic books yes, so i thought do. that was a nice touch that's always a very feige s thing to do to throw a little nostalgia at you give you fan service yes uh, so i appreciated that um he like literally covered up his mind stone with the fake like you know some felt part right. of the costume but still that was you know the original thing which i liked uh the quicksilver costume similar but not really so that you'd notice it's like old school old school old, that, that one right. um with, with the the old blue costume and the hair right was it with the kind of in like a u shape almost towards the back it had like the two points um and then the kids also dressed up as their kind of comic versions as well counterparts absolutely yeah so i you know i i liked what they were doing i liked what they were given us there appreciated it but do you, yeah do you like how their powers were revealed like do you think that should have been more of a reveal or do you think it's just kind of along with how they've been handling the kids where things just kind of happen with them well no, i see i think that's it's in line with the way they've been handling the kids things just kind of happen also i'm not uh, like in it for them really and i feel like they're ancillary characters i don't know if we end up getting rid of them as part of the house of m thing Mm -hmm. when we finally go back to the movie verse i don't know if they stay depending on where we go with this but i knew they were going to have powers of some sort i was feeling bad for the one kid because his powers hadn't developed right away yeah right and i was like oh that's you know maybe there's going to be some play on that and we'll have some like 
you know, some episode episodes like we did in the first two yep. um, where it's just about them, but no, it's, they're moving. It's driving the story forward. We're heading somewhere. I'm curious, given the speed of this episode, I'm curious, do we think it's going to be limited arc or are we coming back for several seasons? I think this is a one-off. A one-off. I think this is a one-off because the... it does seem like Wanda's storyline is continuing in other movies. Right. So you have you. We know that she's co-starring or at least appearing in um, the Doctor Strange sequel, um, yep. Multiverse of Madness, and. Doctor Strange has a prominent role in Spider-Man 3. So if he has a prominent role there, you can. I'm kind of making the assumption that Wanda's going to have a little something to do with Spider-Man 3 as well. I agree. I agree. And I think, I think, I hope rather that that's the way they're going to go. Because if they drag this out, then I think we're going to lose the positivity of where they're going. Like they're moving quick. Right. They're giving us stuff that we're interested in. They're blowing our minds, giving us great scenes. Obviously, they're spending you know Disney money on the show, and it shows. Uh, I don't want them to be like, oh, this is great. It's a new property. Let's just keep this going forever. Like, mm-hmm. work it in. I think it's all going to work because, as I said, I think I figured everything out. Okay, I'm I'm excited. I want to skip to the end, but I know we still have more to go because you've got to figure it out. Okay, so, um, what? So there's a couple things before we kind of get to the end. The first thing is really I have two questions about characters that I'm wondering what you think is going on with actually three characters specifically. Mm -hmm. So the first is Agnes, right? Who you know, we've had uh, uh, assumptions that she's Agatha Harkness, that she has something to do with what's going on. Um, but we do see that she was affected in some way by Wanda because right. she's just sitting at the stop sign. She's kind of lost it. And Vision, you know, does his little mind zap thing to bring her normal self back. And do you, do you think that was all an act? She gives away that he's actually dead and he's kind of, that was an interesting moment. What do you think was going on there? So I think, I think a couple of things. I think that is an interesting moment because they've given you a scene that you can take either way, that they can now pay off three episodes from now, one episode from now, and essentially just say like, oh, well, yeah, that was an act. She just needed to get him to make that effort. Personally, I think she wasn't faking it. I think she was not faking it. I I think she was affected. Um, I think, you know, also she did an amazing job of acting that scene out too, looking concerned and everything. And once again, uh, Paul Bettany, tremendous. Like just yeah, crushes it. It Really, like he's almost stealing the show from uh, from Wanda from Elizabeth. I I I personally think he has. Yeah, definitely. But no, I think she was not faking it. I do think there's a way for her to be uh, Harkness, but I I don't 
think that that's where she's at right now. I think she was telling the truth. I think she did want to be saved in some way. What I find interesting is that he touches their heads, these people that get confused, and he'll put his hands on like their temple and calm them down. And sometimes he's like zapping them back into the dream state. And then other times he's just kind of mellowing them out, but they do all tend to be reverted into that dream thing. So I don't know, like, I don't think he's, I, I'm trying to figure out what that power is that he's using. Well, that's, I, that's that, I wonder them. if that's somehow connected to like his the powers mind from the mind stone that may be carried right. over. But then at the same time, technically he no longer has the mind stone. So how does he have any powers? Uh, you know what I mean? So yes. this is also, I think, the first time we see him fly. Um, yeah, we've seen him like right? float. Float. We've seen him float. Like, but this is the first time he goes the all air. the way up, and he yes. like looks at the bubble. That's correct. That's correct. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going. I still think there's got to be something there with Agatha, um, or with Agnes, I should say. I think it just makes right. too much sense, but I just don't know, like how much is actually involved um, as far as, or how much she's involved as far as with the kind of the overall, the, scheme. The overall scheme of what's happening in that, in that world. Okay. Second character I have questions on. Yes. Is Quicksilver. Yeah. So we see he has come in. He kind of set, talks to Wanda, has it, opens up a little bit, like I, not knowing why he changed, just knowing that he like kind of needed to be there for her, whatever it was. Right. Um, he's also, uh, he even says like what his role is in that episode to be kind of the rebellious, like kind of yeah. nudge against uh, Wanda and, and be a little mischievous and things like that. Uh, this is now the first full episode we've had with him. Um, obviously, after his kind of big appearance at the end of episode five, what do we think's going on there? Well, first, he's definitely the first fully uh, self-aware character in this show. Right. He knows he's fake. He knows he shouldn't be there. He knows something's up. He knows he looks different. He there is nothing shocking him. Nothing that happened in this episode blew his mind. Nothing was like, you know, strange to him. He's like, yeah, you're running the show. I'm here. I look different. Here's what's going on. Blah, blah. Um, so I think he, I think she is now starting to lose it. And oh, I result, agree. I think yeah. she's slowly been losing control over what's happening over the course of a couple episodes. And it's Definitely. just getting like more and more worse. apparent and more worse. And she like, yeah, the more she tries to fix it or like regain that control or just push further, like what she does expanding the borders of the world, right. the more she control she's going to lose because she has to juggle that many more She's balls. straining her powers yeah, exactly so it's that straining that i think is causing some of these hiccups uh agatha well you know agnes um knew that something was up you know we saw her talking to the neighbor who was trimming the hedge and she kind of quieted him down we saw her say you know oh do you want this different did i do it right you want me to take it from the top and then 
you know, she's in the car trying to escape. And that's what she was trying to do. She yeah. was trying to escape. At the same time, though, you do get like um, Herb in, in this episode asks like, am I doing everything right? Is that right. okay? Like, it's more than just her that's kind of realizing Aware. that like they get moments of clarity um, and they kind of understand that she's the one in control and like, oh, do you want me to do this over and stuff like that? So uh, I, I don't know if that's too unique to Agnes. Uh, here's the uniqueness, though. It's, it's that it's happening more frequently to more people. Yes. Because she's strained. Yes. So there were some that you could say, like, well, these are people of strong will or whatever that kind of knew what was going on or realized it was a shift in their daily life. Right. But she had a tight grip in it's episode big. one. She was able to rewind. She mm -hmm. was able to say no and change a thing without people really breaking character. Now, like you mentioned in the last episode, we haven't seen her rewind. Right. You know, I think she's starting to lose that control and more and more people are like putting a strain on her because they're mm -hmm. rebelling. I think that's also why you see all those non-moving people when yes. she expanded the road. Or expanded the bubble. Yep. It's just to keep them from being on her radar and having to deal with them. Right. Them like it's just, it's too much to deal with. Now there's kids right. added. Remember when there weren't kids in the entire town? Now all of a sudden and, there's kids. Seems like right. she's. Quicksilver um, points that out. Yeah. He points that out. And it seems like, you know, that was a maybe a ethical issue that she had when she first started the world like she was going to control the adults she didn't want to do that with the kids right now there are kids i don't know where these kids have come from um and if they're just conjured or if they're real people like the other townspeople um but last person that i want to ask about the last character who kind of has a pretty big mystery behind them is um Hayward. Yes. The sword director. Um, it seems like he's up to something. He's been tracking vision. There was right. also, we, I don't know if we got to it. Like Darcy was like stayed behind to just, there was still one more thing that she was trying to hack into. That was like a bit going to be a big reveal that we didn't get yet. Right. So last one, what do you think is going on with Hayward? I, think well first i think like any uh any one of these shows and any one of these things where you have a superpower to anybody uh he's trying to figure out the weakness he's trying to figure out how to bring her down mm -hmm. i think that's obvious so i think she you know darcy's going to break into his files and find out he's trying to find a way to kill her number one i think they may also find out that uh there is another superpowered entity involved in this possibly right. Mephisto, you know, anything like that. Um, but that's where I think that's going. I think she's breaking into his secret files to find and, and going to discover here's how you kill Wanda. Here's how you eliminate Wanda. Here's how you do this, that, and the other thing. Gotcha. But why, why that motivation to kill her? Is it, is he just like a government goon or do we think he's more devious than that? And he might be, uh, like, uh, Hydra people think he, maybe he's Mephisto. 
people think that he might, maybe he has more control in what's going on than, right. than what we realize. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think if he ends up being Mephisto, then that's a pretty good concealing because he, she turns to people on him. Yeah. So if, if she's doing this, I think she's, she's doing it with uh, either Mephisto's help and consent or um, she's, or he's doing this to her, got her to do this and she doesn't realize he's behind it, but still he wouldn't do anything to put himself at risk. So I thought that's strange. That doesn't connect with me. But the other thing with him potentially being Mephisto is why bring any attention to it at all? Yeah. Like he, he, if I was him, I'd I'd be like downplaying everything. I wouldn't be bringing in, you know, extra people to test things out because even though he didn't like want Darcy there, he brought in specialists and she was Mm -hmm. one of them. So I don't think I don't think that's what he's up to. I and and then why do I think he's trying to find her weakness, trying to kill her? Because that's that's the perennial motivation of anybody that doesn't have powers with people that do. You need to have it's yeah. Batman. Batman had the weakness to everybody except Wonder Woman. He could not find her weakness. And then they all got pissed at him and he's like, Oh, you know, why do you keep all this? He's like, because one day, what happens if you go crazy? And you take over the world, you know, somebody has got to be holding the, right. The, the button. So I think, you know, that just, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I think to like kind of what is counter to the theory that he's Mephisto is that he very clearly has at least one objective that we can discern from this last episode is that he he wants Vision's body back, presumably because he wants to weaponize it, I would imagine. That's part of the name of S.W.O.R.D., superhuman weapons organization, whatever. And he also knows he's never going to... Right. Right. They already had that, um, his body, and were experimenting on it. And so it seems to me, and he's targeted it, that's what he's tracking um, within the, the, the... What is it? The the hex right so to to me it it seems like that's his primary motivation is he's kind of being a government goon and he wants vision back so that he can control vision and use him as a weapon you know the that whole thing that old chestnut that old chestnut but i think that's exactly right and she's never gonna allow that so he needs to find a way to neutralize her so he can get that body back so what do you think's next? We've got we've got three more episodes. Right. And I still think that we're tracking so where we're gonna get the two thousands episode coming up. Right. Where I it's agree. like the mockumentary modern family type episode. And then sure. we're gonna get a two parter um that's like Marvel movie esque. I, I like that and I agree. I think that's exactly how they're gonna break it down. Here's all right, so we're at the end here. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh, yeah, I, I need your full... One, two, three. Yeah. Vision breaks through the barrier. Okay? Vision breaks through the barrier, and it's, it's hard. Okay? And he starts to disintegrate as soon as he breaks through. Correct. He, he also is talking to them. He's like, these people need help. The people, he's talking about that. 
um, which I always love because that's what it's about. That's why I hated Man of Steel because it was just such wanton destruction. And at no point did he ever say like the people's odd, you know. Uh, right. So I digress. He breaks through. He starts to disintegrate. All right. Mm-hmm. Because he's dead. Right. He's no longer in the world that he's or the realm, I guess, that he's pretend that alive he's, that he's pretend alive outside that bubble he's actually dead correct now here's where's where it gets interesting she is in control but she's not controlling everybody's actions necessarily right she's created this environment so vision probably the most autonomous person in the place because that's what she wants she wants a relationship and you know relationships are fighting and you know being happy and Mm -hmm. jokes and you know things that you don't plan on so she gave him a lot of autonomy he uses that to escape he's burning up okay yep they say you know darcy's like save him save him um but they don't want to save him because they want the body the body's out now they got him back right kind of so i think that's that's another thing that plays into what we talked about earlier but here's the thing he disintegrates because he's dead and he looks the same in the universe because she had his dead body. Quicksilver looks different because she doesn't have Quicksilver's body. So she had to conjure a version of him. Go okay. Ahead. Go do ahead. you, you, th- do you think just real quick? Yeah. Do you think there's any connection because in a prior episode we see like she has that second where she sees vision's actual body yes um here we have the same thing that happens with quicksilver but it is you know it's it's the current quicksilver there but he's got the bullet holes in him right what what's that about yeah she's she's remembering but she can only mess with uh tangible objects so like when the guy comes in he turns into a beekeeper when the rope comes back it's a uh jump rope instead of the tether line she can only uh alter physical stuff okay that the drone comes in turns into a toy helicopter gotcha Gotcha. except when they use the 80s toy or the 80s drone in the 80s episode and then it worked okay because it stayed kind of same she didn't have to change it didn't have to alter it okay i have i have a new theory now that you're going over this go now that i'm going over this yeah here's the ultimate thing that i think we didn't talk about yet and might have gone unnoticed by a lot of people all right uh the agent why am i forgetting her name Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. Her DNA is changing. Correct. Because she went in twice. Right. So she her her DNA has changed. Her DNA has changed because she went through that barrier and was in there for a long period of time twice. Okay. So here's how it all comes together. Here's what I figured out. Okay. She can only uh you you don't change your physical look as long as she has something to work off of 
his body, all those people in there. She can change their clothes, change the environment to look 50s, 60s, 80s, etc., but can't change their faces. Right. She wants her brother back to life, but can't bring back the original Quicksilver because he, you know, that's why he looks different because she doesn't have yeah. the raw materials. However, when this is all over, and that vortex dissipates, I think one of two things is going to happen. One, it breaks down, it, it, it explodes and shoots like the particles of whatever her magic is that was holding that hex, you know, hexagon or uh, vortex, the vortex together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that creates the mutants, the mutants, the DNA anomalies that give people powers. Or, you know, just like uh, in The Flash, you know, the lightning bolt, the thing explodes, and it was the matter from the super collider that created all those people. I think it's the same, same premise. The other option is <sighs> we realize it's Mephisto, which you mm -hmm. can, he can work into the other one too. We realize it's Mephisto, and uh, part, of the, part of the fight or struggle or breakdown of the whole thing is and I don't see a way for Vision to survive this. Is that Quicksilver's gone, Vision's gone, she ends up coming face to face with Mephisto, having to make a decision. Bam, in the conflagration, whatever occurs, their fight or their agreement, you get mutants. And if they want to work in the Quicksilver, they do it in this Quicksilver, they do it in the next, uh, the next film with the multiverse sideline so, before you yeah. start i feel terrible for the original quicksilver they just did not want him no i guess not um or he didn't want them maybe potentially I don't, I, potentially i doubt that he's turning down disney money i doubt but yeah um so here is my thing what uh, again this is going off of the fact that she sees vision in his regular form yes and turns him back right and my whole theory originally which turned out right was that that was vision's actual body right the same thing happens with this quicksilver yes the same event where she sees a dead body that's right. been shot and then he turns back into quicksilver here's what i've just thought what if the fact that it's the Fox actor playing Quicksilver is just a misdirect. And really that mm -hmm. person is a dead person from town. Oh, and that's how she got the raw materials to animate. And somebody? that's how, and kind of taking from your yeah. theory, that's how she got, the person to take, she found someone who had a similar death. He was right. shot because you can also notice there were two gunshot wounds um, in that version of Quicksilver when she right. sees him momentarily. But, but there were the more Quicksilver from Ultron. He was riddled, riddled with yeah, okay. bullets. So what if she's just using a person as a replacement, and it's not really. I, anything to do with Quicksilver other yeah. than the fact that it's a passed away person who I was can go shot. for that. I can go for that because like I said, I think, I think she needs raw materials. 
That's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I can, I can definitely go for that. I can definitely see that. I think she needs the raw materials to work on because her magic seems to affect cells. Right. Which I think will eventually lead to some interesting uh, things in the future. If they well, we know that's that. how we're going to get uh, Monica Rambo and her powers. Right. I, I think that's, that's a pretty obvious. safe thing to say yeah. that she, she will, you know, become super powered because of what's going on there. But this is um, definitely whether or not we're going to get mutants from that and she'd be considered a mutant now or whatever it is. I don't know, but yeah, there's still, you know, we still got oh, a yeah. lot more to go. Yep. Still got a lot more to go. Um, all right. Let's put a cap in WandaVision for now until next week. When we go over episode seven, we are getting close to the end. Pretty crazy to think. Um, and let's do a semi quick rolling or trolling. Let's do it. A semi rapid fire. Semi you know, rapid we'll get fire. into stuff where we need to get into stuff, but let, let's see what we could do here. The first is, I guess this is more of a um, watch it or stream it, skip it, or add it to the watch list. Got it. Um, we, uh, a new. Zack Snyder Justice League trailer just came out. I know we've both right. seen it. I guess has this changed what position the movie <sighs> is for you? Because we've already gone right. over this before with prior. So I, I was thinking about this and I, you know, how you were going to ask that question. And here's what I would say. It's I ha- I, like I have to stream it because of who we are. You know, we, we're in the bag. We're going, we're going to watch it. We have to check it out. Um, is it at the top of my list? No. Am I going to be in a hurry? Not necessarily. But if I was new, if I hadn't seen the original and I saw this trailer, I'd be more inclined to watch this movie than that one. That's what I thought when I was watching it. It definitely, it seemed to have, uh, it seemed to, actually give these characters character yeah i think that's fair you know what i mean like even alfred uh alfred in this trailer seemed to like be a character seemed to be like have something interesting to say to batman you know when he was talking about you know if you if you can't take the bull don't wave the the red cape and then superman appears on the screen and we're with him for a second and it's like okay well that's the bull mm-hmm. it's a red cape and so on so i think this was a far better trailer than the original films one i think this is a far better um uh, they're trying to give me a far better storyline based on this than that and i will right. say it looks like two different movies will it be will they make the same mistake they're both it's going to be equally as dark. I mean, they're promising us that. So it's not like they're going to change the tone. Um, I, you know, they're going darker because some of it was a little nonsensically, you know, light than the original one. So I'm going to, I'm going to slow roll it and I'm going to stream it because I think knowing what I know, this trailer it, it hooked me. It gave me a little bit like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe that's something. Yeah. You know, I'm with how about you? you? Um, I, I can understand that logic. I know for me personally, 
one, I thought it was strange that they said that this was like the first trailer we were getting when I feel like we've gotten 20 of these right. trailers, which was ridiculous. Right. Um, I'm still like, I'm going to watch it just be- like you said, because I have to, but right. I have like, I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah. I don't have high hopes. Yeah. But... I, I don't have any. High that hopes may help this. it be better because we're uh, going maybe so, because the, the, bar, the so bar is so low. Yeah. Um. Tom Holland. Tom, what an adorable little child. He's great. But yeah. he gave us some unfortunate news. He has claimed that, contrary to popular belief, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not in Spider-Man 3. What? Yeah. I'm trolling. I'm hating, in fact. That was the whole, that was the whole thing. That was the whole. Th- it was like this well, was supposed to be. He didn't say any of the villains weren't in it, but he did mm. say that those two weren't in it. Well, that's outrageous. What? Who cares about the villains? I mean, they're good, and I'm excited. We talked about that, but this was this was going to bridge worlds. This was going to, you know, in, in in this in this. Chris, I don't know if you realize, but we're living in a divided country right now, oh. and I think I this would have brought the need, country together. Yes, this would have brought, you know, more than Republicans and Democrats. We're living in a Tom Holland, uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man world, you know, Tobey Maguire world. What faction do you belong to? Oh, this was going to heal us. I don't know if it's, if it's gone to that. I think everyone loves Toby. Everyone loves Tom. And everyone <laughs> thought tolerated. Andrew Garfield yeah. was fine. <laughs> And was unfortunately in some bad versions of Spider-Man. Yes. But he was good. Yeah, he did his best. You he know. certainly did his best. I I am saddened to hear this. I'm trolling that news. I'm not trolling the film. I'm yeah. trolling that news. That's I think some that's sad fair. news. I think that's fair. I also um, think they're missing out on a golden opportunity. But maybe there was some like backroom contract negotiations that weren't working out. <laughs> It could have been, it, it, honestly, it could have been that they were trending to come back and then, because mm. they were saying like, oh, nothing's there yet. I know we right. think. So maybe that's that's what happened. Um, speaking of division, Gina Carano will uh, not return to any Star Wars projects after yes. she posted anti-Semitic posts to Twitter, leading to her firing by Lucasfilm. And she, we, she is... Cara Dune no more. Cara Dune no more. Um, I, if you don't mind, would like to lead this one. I would love for you to lead this one. So here's my thing. Yes. And I'll try not to get too political and just be as logical and reasonable as possible. Uh, interesting. Carry on. So I, and we've talked about this private privately yeah um but this this will be our i guess our public stances on this uh there is a lot of talk about one that it was the right thing to do because of like this isn't her first indiscretion and we don't Mm -hmm. have to get into all that because she's done and said some nasty things Mm -hmm. to large swaths of 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 people. people um which isn't right there's a lot of people who are trolling this decision by Disney because they're talking about cancel culture. 
and that this is a uh, a result of can- quote unquote cancel culture. In my opinion, I am rolling with their decision. I think this decision should have been um, gotten to sooner based on prior actions and her not to, you know, well, uh, j- her, her lack of importance really in the star Wars universe to begin with. Um, it, it wasn't like having to get rid of Pedro Pascal or True. get rid of like baby Yoda. Cause baby Yoda did something terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like it's just some it. random character it. on the Mandalorian. Like, I don't understand why we need to fight so hard on either side for this, but regardless, anyways, I personally feel like cancel culture is not an actual thing. Cancel culture to me is an excuse for people who do messed up things to not acknowledge the messed up things that they've done and not take accountability and flip it so that they become the victim as opposed to any of the focus being on the victims of the things that they've done or said. So that's how they flip the script. Oh, it's cancel culture. They're just canceling me. Not acknowledging anything that they've done wrong, not apologizing or giving half apologies for what they've done wrong. And ultimately no healing gets done because they claim there's cancel culture. I, I would agree that there's a lack of healing. I definitely think there is a cancel culture going on. Um, you know, there's numerous examples of uh, oversensitivity that have led to people being removed. There's uh, numerous examples where it's definitely warranted. I think you're onto something like her, this character, they already saw the writing on the wall and they kind of diminished her role so far. And she was the person they kind of went to when they needed extra help and then you know, they called her up and they went on an adventure. I'll say this. I think she did a great job. Like, I think she did. Okay. I I enjoyed her when she was on screen. I liked the character. Um, Do I think it's going to damage the overall show? No show needs or benefits from uh, losing one of their main characters and, you know, better for better or worse. She was probably the, the, the third most re- returning character other than Carl Weathers at the time. Uh, so that doesn't always benefit. Some shows make it through. I'll like uh, go to married with children. Um, married with children was on the air for 11 years, uh, 10 or 11 years. And at season five, the neighbor, uh, Amanda Bierce, uh, character's name was Marcy. The husband left the show, not for any bad reason. He just wanted to go back and like he wanted to go back to the theater, left the show. And they introduced a new character, uh, Jefferson Darcy, who I thought I think is hysterically funny. And then she became Marcy Darcy. And the show went on another five years. So it didn't lose anything. I I don't think this is going to be the end of uh, The Mandalorian. I don't think it helps because The Mandalorian relies on the world it's creating as opposed to being like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So that's that the cancel culture of it all, you know, without going into the things she said, I think there's, there's merit to punishing someone for getting way out of line. The problem mm-hmm. is we live in a world now where every thought you have is on the internet. 
Like our our whole yeah. business right that's now very, that's very is true. yeah is dependent on the internet, dependent on people checking in on us and liking what we have to say and all that. So I think it's a slippery slope. That's all I'm saying. Like you used to be able to have a private thought for better or worse and still do work that was unaffected by your private thought. That's 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 fair. I just want to interject yeah. though there because we are now at the point that's fair. Yeah. A private thought you have you have conversations with people privately whatever it is. Yeah. But the minute you hit send, send. Yeah. on a Facebook post, on a tweet, on an Instagram post, that is no longer a private thought and it is in the public now. You have voiced that opinion to the masses, especially when you are a celebrity with hundreds of tens of hundreds of millions of followers uh, across social media. So I do think there is a difference between what you're talking about where it's like private stuff and private conversations, whatever it is that might leak out or whatever. And I can agree like with that. Posts yeah. to you're, places publicly. Right. You want people to know what you're saying. You want exactly. people to know this. So I, I do. I see that. And it is troubling, you know, what she was saying and likening things to. But I, you know, I, I'm always I'm always slow to uh convict in the court of public opinion because one day i'm going to be on a rant and i'll say something that'll upset someone but it won't be reflective of my true nature so i'm always slow to to do it because one day it'll happen to you um but it's been repeated she's been warned Mm -hmm. and quite frankly like if your boss comes to you and says look this behavior happened it's not behavior we can tolerate please don't let it happen again and then you do it again that's on you yeah, I, I, think, I do. You know, yeah. I think it comes down to uh, what we both can agree upon is yeah. that it comes down to accountability. Like, listen, accountability. You are always allowed to have your own opinion. You're allowed to voice it however you want, whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that people have to agree. Li- ag- one or agree like or two yeah. support it, right? In any way. And so, and again, but, as a public figure. You know, yeah. you have fans who are watching this show, and if the majority of fans don't like you anymore because of whatever it is about you, you've done something horrible, sure. you've said something horrible, you've said multiple horrible things, then like looking at it from a business standpoint, which is kind of like makes mm-hmm. me feel gross just yeah. thinking about it this way, she is no longer a profitable employee Entity. exactly to Lucasfilm or Disney. And that's the thing, like, I don't think they need to be overly concerned with the percent, like, like you said, from a business perspective, Disney has to worry about viewers and buyers and stakeholders and Mm -hmm. all that as a person, say whatever you want. Like it's a, it's a shame if you have terrible things to say, say whatever you want. It's what the country's about. But if you're under the employ of anybody of any agency, of any department, you work for a city, you work for, you know, you're a teacher, you're a fireman, you're a actor working for a, a, a movie studio. You're away. And that studio or that department's uh, by laws or, or uh, policy is that you need to project this kind of image or you need to do this, that, and the other thing because the mouse is friendly. Yep. It's the mouse house. Then, then I totally get it. I totally get it. 
in that context. Yeah. That and context. you know what? It, you look at it too, from a standpoint of like, again, like there are consequences to everything. Like yeah. look at what happened with, and you can also see the differences in like reactions to stuff, or, or I, I should say more of reconciliation from the, the wrongdoer, like right. you look at this situation and there was no apology and she's actually now got a movie deal with a far right group. media group there that, okay, that's her audience now. Fine. Whatever. Yep. Um, I look at Found someone like James Gunn who yeah. was let go by Disney when there were some really horrible quote unquote jokes that he said mm -hmm. were jokes mm -hmm. that were from the past Right. And this was a different, this is where it gets into the hypocrisy of it. Because again, like not to get too political, the right yeah. always talking about cancel culture and everything. Yeah. It was a far right wing group that went and hunted down these old tweets of James Gunn and revealed them in order to get him canceled in the first place. But right. what does James Gunn do? He apologizes profusely. Right. He says he understands the decision by Disney. He goes on. He moves on. He tries to. He says, "I've bettered myself since then. I have more right. common sense." We get a, a year of you know space, and then Absolutely. he comes. Ba he's back to Guardians of the Galaxy three. So it also depends on how the accused responds or the canceled right. responds. Because and, obviously, but, yeah. you just because you get quote unquote canceled doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Definitely. That's right. That's right. Definitely. If you respond correctly and also, you know, 20 years ago or even five years ago, it's a long time. Yeah. It People just change takes, to go takes, from age. It, yeah. It takes acknowledgement Absolutely. of what you did wrong, even if it was in the past. Like, hey, I didn't know what I know now. I shouldn't have right. done it. It was a mistake. I apologize. You look, I, apologize. I, I always bring it to um, I always think about like baseball I, I don't i doubt people who are into like marvel stuff are really into like sports like i am how but dare you i think of like baseball with the steroid era yes the people who are still shunned from baseball and like aren't being voted into the hall of fame and all this stuff are the people who did not admit to cheating and using steroids even though everyone knows they did the people who were forgiven and let back into the community and everything like that were the ones who admitted it when they were caught. They said, you know what I did? I'm sorry. They serve their time. They get suspended, whatever right. it was. And, and they're back in. We respond to honesty. Like don't honesty. double down on your wrongdoing and pretend like we're all idiots. And, but is that, know is that, what you did? Is that a shock? I mean, in the last four years, doubling down has been the, the, Right, you know, of course. Response du jour. So it's not a okay. shock. We have just gone way too long. Way too on long. This. But I appreciate, I, I like that we can have this conversation on yes. here because I think it's a measured conversation hey, and very, right. like, it's not one-sided and it's logical. No, with reality and, and kindness yeah, at its heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some fun stuff. Let's do it. And we'll try to make this again as rapid fire as possible now that we've rapid. just spent 30 minutes on Gina Carano. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Ah. We're segueing nicely in, from The Mandalorian into Pedro Pascal 
has been cast as Joel in the upcoming HBO The Last of Us series based off of the video game. Additionally, Bella Ramsey, uh, the actress who played Lyanna Mormont on Game of Thrones, has Uh, been cast as Ellie. Lyanna Mormont was the little girl... Like, like fought the head. giant troll. Yes. Or the, or the giant, I guess. I'm on board. I'm rolling and I'll, I'll be very quick about it. One, the only thing that has shaken my confidence in uh, Pedro Pascal is Wonder Woman 2 because that was a horror show. I almost kind of loved how committed he was to being outrageous in that movie. But, that, but he was <laughs> committed to being outrageous. That's true. So that's the only thing. I think she's a great choice because she was fierce and interesting and fun in Game of Thrones. I think he's a great choice because he excels at roles like that that are a little physical, that are a little mm-hmm. intense. Um, so I'm, I'm rolling. I think that's yeah. I'm great. I'm rolling with that it game. too. Uh, yeah, that game was awesome. Um, I I think she's like incredibly talented and was oh, yeah. so great in on Game of Thrones. And you know, I'm excited for him to kind of. Like, listen, the Mandalorian's great, but I'm excited for him to get back into something that's very, uh, that's more prominent of a role for him because his face isn't covered the whole time. It's not True. just voice acting. And this is a darker character and kind of going to be a different, a different take for him. You know, he's very charismatic um, on Game of Thrones. He kind of changed it up on Mandalorian where you can't really right. see him and he's very like, level and measured throughout and then you have wonder woman 84 where he's all over the place now we're gonna get like the dark moody pedro pascal and i think it's a cool choice for him and i think it's a cool choice for the people who cast him definitely all right continuing on with hbo max there is in development an adult animated velma series coming Voiced by Minda Kaling. Mindy, sorry, ah. Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. Well, I'm going to troll that. <laughs> okay. That's as simple as that. First, HBO is doing a tremendous job, and they are definitely the best uh, platform designed for user-friendly uh, platforming out there. Not that they need to throw us any money or that we're advertising for them, but if they decided they wanted to, that would just be nice. Um, they're doing a tremendous job. Way to go, HBO. Uh, but the Velma series, Mindy Kim does nothing for me. Just, I don't find her funny. I don't understand uh, her career. Um <laughs> And I'm happy she has one. I'm rooting for everyone in the world. Like I want everyone to be a success, but I don't get it. I don't, I don't think anyone asked for it. I don't think we need it. And uh, I'm trolling it. Like there's better things we can do with that hour of television. I'm going to slow troll it and leave for an opening of the, like maybe it's like akin to like a Harley Quinn or something like that, where, you know, that was really good and, yeah. and really funny. So if it's kind of the same kind of humor, it is geared towards grown people instead of right. people who watch Scooby-Doo. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't know. I'll slow troll it, I guess, but I'm okay. not, like, thrilled by it. I'm full Continuing troll. on by ra- with random 
series that are in development. There's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith series headed to Amazon, courtesy of Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is... She was... um, she was in a Amazon series. Yeah, called um, exactly my point. I think shoot, I'm no, it was here. really it was actually very good. Oh, Fleabag. Oh, she's the right creator and writer and star of Fleabag. She played, or I guess voiced, um, L three three seven in yes. uh, Solo. Okay, I take that back. Co-starring alongside Don Donald Glover. Funny enough. Yes, retracted. Um, I'll slow roll that. Once again, I don't know that anyone asked for it. No. But I will allow it. But I think it's going to be a cool project because it's coming from the two of them. Correct. Both of them are very creative and great writers. and Very talented. Anything Donald Glover touches is gold, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it. Agreed. Um, let's move on to dave chappelle chappelle the chappelle show is back on netflix after chappelle's dispute with viacom has been resolved netflix removed the show upon chappelle's request because he was basically in his opinion not being fairly compensated and he had an entire 20-minute special, which was really a rant against Viacom to explain Mm. what the situation was and how he was basically getting screwed over by them. Um, He says now, quote, they called me and I got my name back and I got my license back and I got my show back and they paid me millions of dollars. Thank you very much, unquote. Well, guess what, Dave? Uh, when you're offered $50 million to renew for another season and you decide not to and then skip off to another continent, um, you lose some of those rights to compensation. So, like, I love Dave Chappelle. I think he's hysterical. Uh, I wanted to see a Chappelle show continue on. I hope it's going to continue on in some fashion that he's, like, going to come back and do it and everything else. But A... a it's going to be different because the medium's different now and it's, it's not going to look to have the same feel it did B, uh, I don't feel bad for him. Like I'm, I'm happy he got it back. I'm rooting for him. Like I said, I love him. I think he's genius. I love him in every, every movie he's been in. He's a highlight in that movie. Um, any appearance he's made like in a bit part, he's a highlight, but if someone offered me $50 million and I was a little pissed off about how I was being treated, guess what? I got over it. I, I, I'm going to send you the link to so that like, special that he did. Yeah. No, it's like a 10 minute, like almost yeah. like sermon that he does. Uh, just like explaining the whole, that whole situation and why he left and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it was essentially his name was on the thing. It was his show and all this stuff. And there were certain things that he was basically no longer in control of the thing that he had created and made. And that's why he walked away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I so heard that he I, was upset yeah. that they had decided the without him that they were going to license out the, the show 
mm-hmm. and his name to Netflix and to HBO Max and all these places um, without consulting him. He wasn't getting any paid by any of the licensing. Basically, he was getting the $50 million up front and then Viacom had control of anything else that they did with the show. So, but unless um, they're unless they're putting Chappelle show stickers on Nazi propaganda, I don't see where it's well, like. It's like we're gonna we're I gonna we're gonna sell it like, out. Okay, yeah. they're giving him fifty million dollars. They're gonna make two billion dollars off of it. You know what I mean? It was one right. of those where his yeah. his cut was gonna be a drop in the bucket, mm-hmm. considering how much more that show was actually worth. Fair enough. I mean, look. So I'm rolling good, with Dave. Good for Dave. I'm happy for Dave. I will roll with Dave. Okay. But I'm like, you know, don't, but just don't don't be like upset <laughs> when people don't have sympathy because someone was offered $50 million and scoffed at it. I know people can't get a buck and a half to go have a cup of coffee. Dave was like, $50 million, pshaw, please because of principle you know (laughs) all right last one and this is a goodie (laughs) okay we are getting a sequel Ooh, from a i would say a a classic that has i i didn't even know there were going to be sequel talks of this movie interesting um it's not apparently a uh reboot it is a true sequel to true sequel face off. Oh, wait a minute. How can, so spoiler alert, one, two, three, he dies. So how can we, how can we do it? Well, maybe he faces off with someone else. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm intrigued. <sighs> I'm excited. Uh, but there is no show without Nick Cage. There just is like John Travolta. He's had a great career. Then he had a dip. Then he came back with a vengeance and like was great again. Now he's a little strange and a little weird, Um, but I'm still like, I'd be willing to go see him and face off, but that movie worked because you had John Travolta who's John Travolta and then mm-hmm. you had the manicness of uh, Nick Cage you you've got to have him somehow if they find a way to bring him back to life and like put him in there his oh, character yeah. I mean listen I'm, they they figured out the science behind swapping people's By faces I face can imagine off. they could bring whoever they want from the take back my to money life. you you yeah. sold the ticket take my money I'm in all right that does it for rolling or trolling for today let's move on to Groundhog Day. Yes. I want to hear all your thoughts on this movie because this was one that you pushed for. I did push for um, it. That you wanted to talk about um, and have us both watch. So let's let's talk about this. One. This it's a, it's a classic. It is the classic. That's a great way. It is a classic 1993 Bill Murray classic. So look, let's start with the cast. Bill Murray's carrying the show, but you have, and it's a very... 1990s cast you've got andy mcdowell okay andy mcdowell um from you know sex lives and video lies and videotape uh she was on hudson hawk which was kind of a you know 
a poorly received uh right you know uh, what do you call it bruce willis vehicle you've got brian doyle murphy uh murray who is bill's brother he does a tremendous job he was in caddyshack he was the head like caddy mm-hmm. uh tremendous but he's in a lot of Mur- uh, murray movies not a shock my favorite arrives with chris elliott okay. chris elliott is like the cameraman in this movie but he's in you know there's something about mary he was in cabin boy he's in the abyss he's in uh schitt's creek he plays roland shit right. which i i will admit to the public it took me one full season before i got that joke oh, oh then, seriously oh my god because i was so like ensconced <laughs> and everything else and then at the start of season two so funny i laughed for all of season one like when i finally got it the cumulative effect of that was hysterical he's tremendous like i could go on and on with things he's in how i met your mother um chris elliott is like movie cartilage he's like one of those people that he's a nut and he plays a great nut but he can also be like just an interesting background character not a really a great lead but an interesting background character love him very 90s movie directed by harold ramus the late great harold ramus um so tremendous this movie i think is perfect because a who would have ever thought to use groundhog day as the premise for a film right halloween Friday the 13th, you know, Christmas movies out the yep. yin yang, Groundhog Day getting its due. And the reason there's never been any other Groundhog movies, because <sighs> this one knocks it out of the park. It just kicks ass. Um, but here's the thing Bill Murray is tremendous, as always, right? You agree? Oh, of course, without yeah. a doubt. He's doing like good Bill he's Murray, everything. psychotic Bill Murray. He, he's, he's doing, doing everything that he does. Showing every every side. Every side. I like to... um, I go with the fan theory that it's a minimum of 10 years that he's in this loop. And there's some fan theories that have him at like 10,000 times he's gone over this or 10,000 years that he's like in some realm of hell or Mm -hmm. something. Uh, But it's just like anything. He learns his lesson, then he snaps out of it. What I like is... This, I think, sets the stage for uh, temporal vortex movies like and doesn't get any credit for it. We watched. Um, what was that? What was that? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it does get a lot of credit for it. Like, I, I know so. the 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 um, it gets credit for being a good Andy movie. Samberg movie that just came out. That's the um, one. That That's was Palm Springs. Palm Springs couldn't was very much influenced by Groundhog Day. Absolutely, pretty much any time loop movie, television episode, whatever it is, is taking from Groundhog Day. Um, Without a doubt, that's that's essentially what it is. I really like how I I, I love the the phases that he goes through throughout right. the movie. So like. One, you have the fact that, like, again, in the beginning of the movie, he's just kind of like, he's just passing 
through each day, right? He thinks he's 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 very self-centered. He's doing the weather. He thinks he's like more important than he is, and he gets sent to um, to Puxatani. Puxatani, Puxatani for, for the Groundhog Day, right? Um, and you know, he's, actually filmed in Woodstock. But and it's on. funny that he like there's a point there's a moment where he in his spiel about what's about to happen with the groundhog revealing his shadow yeah he kind of like describes it as like basically being the same every year like it's the same thing every year and blah 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 and like that's kind of foreshadowing for what's about to happen to him he's about to have the same day over yeah. and over and it's over groundhog again. day um again and then once he's in it he goes through phases and we see this from what was interesting in palm springs i i really like that i was able to compare the two movies yes and see I all the influence that. because he goes through all the phases that basically andy samberg talks about the phases that he went through but they didn't do it because we've already seen it in groundhog day right right so right. first he like is figuring out wait what's happening to me and he's trying to figure a way out then when he realizes he's he can't get out, he goes through like a rebellious phase where he just starts doing whatever he wants. He thinks right. he could get away with anything. He starts committing crimes and and seducing women and like all this stuff, using the days to like figure out how to do debaucherous stuff. Right. Then once he gets like bored of that, he decides, okay, the the mountain that he has yet to climb is is hooking up with Andy McDowell's character. Right. The only issue is as opposed to all of the other stuff he was able to accomplish, that is that was that was the hard. one thing he could not do. Right. And so when he finally um you know basically says that he loves her and she's like I've only known you like I, I barely know you. What are you talking about? He snaps into a depression. Now he's in his depression phase State, and he's basically right. trying to end everything so he doesn't have to live this life but every yeah. time he kills himself he comes he back the next morning comes back the next and morning and all his attempts are genius in the film like no one should ever do that in reality yep. but in the film verse he does it in some spectacularly hysterical yes, fashion yes he does and then the last phase is when he actually realizes that he's in love with Andy McDowell's yes. character and that's where things start picking back up for him he's like you know what I'm going to start helping all the people around town it's right. not about me anymore like i it was scrooged-esque a little bit yes you know yep. where he was so great in that that i think i think they definitely thought about that performance mm -hmm. when they were doing this movie yeah like, so apparently yeah. the secret to just turning your life around is repeating being the same repeating over and over again just miserable experiences until you snap out of it there you go. That's right. Repeating miserable experiences till you just snap right out of it. I, I think like I always felt this, but I reaffirmed it. Mm -hmm. It's like I had a life changing experience to not change my life. Um, <laughs> it, watching this movie, my favorite scene has always been when he's introduced to Ned Ryerson. Yes. It's me, Ned ryerson i love that whole and then every day when he just punches he's like ned and then just decks him 
it hits me right in the funny bone every single time I watch it. And that actor, uh, he like he's been he's in, in things, a bunch of random stuff. That's random um, stuff. that's he, uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. He was almost the one thing that he uh, was almost in was he was almost Al Borland in the Tim Allen vehicle, uh, Home Improvement. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Uh, and he, I believe he turned that down, but it's just, just pure genius. And, and it, like I said, hits me right. There's certain things that happen that you laugh out loud. And in this movie, there are several moments to me, that's a marker of a good movie. And I think anybody that actually would listen to our show would agree. If you've seen something a thousand times, like many of us have, and you can watch it on the thousand and first time and still mm-hmm. laugh out loud, still have a moment where it's like, ha, ah, like out loud. That's, that's genius filmmaking. Groundhog Day was Absolutely. perfection. Couldn't said it better myself. Um, I'm glad we got to have a shared suggestion. Shared experience. Let's get our last suggestions of the month. Mm. I think it being Black History Month, we were going to go with that theme. Yes, we're going to go with a suggested movie that either revolves around that history or centers around a, a cast and, and crew and creative team predominantly uh, correct. black. So, correct, correct. Neil, do you want to start us off? I'm going to let you start us off because okay. I want to see if we're about to suggest the same thing and then I'll pivot. Okay. So, my, I have two options for you. One is a television vehicle. Well, hello. And the other is a movie, but I cannot find where to stream it, so it would have to be a, a rental. I, what are you up for? What are you feeling? I think I could digest some television. Okay episodes and i've got it i've had a good track record with my television suggestions for you you have indeed so this is a critically acclaimed series arguably one of the greatest television shows we've ever had okay the drama it was originally on hbo uh back in the early 2000s all right and it maps out life and politics and the the system in place in Baltimore. All right. This show is called The Wire. The Wire. Okay. Yes. Interesting pick. This is one of my favorite shows. Okay. I, I, I just did a rewatch of it. And it, I loved every second of it. It's one that you definitely have to kind of like stick with. Right. Because it is slow. It's one of those where the, you know, the conversations are really important and the dialogue. And it really gives you a good sense of like how everything works gives you a sense of how everything works, how systems are put in place in our society, how flawed all of those systems are, and how it's just a continuous circle. Like, it would take something huge to actually fix all of it. 
And it's interesting because a lot of the issues that are brought up on this show from early 2000s, yeah, like there are still such like strong points and takeaways for today and what's going on today. I like that. That's a, all right. Well explained. Um, definitely piqued my interest. I've heard about the show for a long time. I'd be excited to watch that. And it's on HBO Max. HBO Max. All right. Very easily streamable. Let me ask you several questions. Okay. One, do you have the uh, Hulu premium like live TV package? I don't have the live TV. No, I have just the standard Hulu subscription. Standard Hulu subscription. So you will not be able to view my first choice. My second choice. Uh, Do you, are you in the mood for what will essentially be an epic? It is a two hour epic. I'm a, I'm a history person. Okay. Um, So I enjoy this. The actors in it, will knock your teeth out they're cho- so good um and I, it's streamable on uh hbo max as well okay so you won't have to no i'm lying to you oh i'm lying to you it was now it's off ah you know what so forget that i'm going to give you something that you can watch on disney plus okay that's right disney wait a plus. pivot a couple times Hey, listen, I come prepared for this show. You're going to have to let me know uh, what the other two were. I certainly will. Uh, they're tremendous, actually. And and they'll probably work their way into my, like, just regular suggested for you. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. But here we go. Have you watched Hidden Figures? I haven't watched that movie, no. Hidden? So, briefly, the space race. Good it's, things. Uh, it's tremendous. The space race is going on. It's the 1960s. It's NASA, all right? And America Mm -hmm. in the 1960s was obviously segregated, and they were going through the civil rights struggle. Um, And so at NASA, there was no different. Even though they were literally going to the final frontier to space, even though the whole mission was like, we're going to benefit mankind by exploring the, the world and getting to the moon first before the Russians and everything else, they still... Uh, they still discriminated against uh, black people at NASA and were still um, at times in this film, like so, and and I think they handled this well, so uh, blase, like, like they, they, this, well, this is just what happens. Obviously this is what's going to happen. This is how mm-hmm. life is. This is what we're going to do. And they do an amazing job of breaking that down. But the thing I like about this movie and the thing, the thing I'm excited to bring to you in this black history month is that it centers on three women. Yep. So it's not a story. Like they just came out with a movie that I do want to watch uh, one night in Miami. Yes. Where it's like these, yep. these male really like predominant male figures from the civil rights movement. There's always movies about Martin Luther King. There's a, you know, uh, Malcolm X, there's movies all the time revolving around these high profile, Medgar Evers, high profile um, black men, but you rarely get to tell a story that accomplishes two tasks. One discusses segregation. Okay. And, and the, 
civil rights struggle between uh, black and white America while telling the story of how women in the 1960s, regardless of color, were, right. were uh, disenfranchised and it was worse because of their color. So I think uh, this movie is just, it is tremendous. It tells a story that needs to be told because these three women essentially made getting to the moon possible. And uh, their story went untold for a long, long time. It accomplishes those two tasks that I talked about before. I think you're going to love it. I'm I'm excited. You just yeah. sold the crap out of that movie. I yes, yeah. I'm a, yeah, it's I'm a great ready. film. I'm ready. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I I love it. I think I think it sounds great. I love mm. the the reasoning behind suggesting it. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that ended up being the suggestion the choice, out right? of the three. Um, I think that's awesome. So Definitely. I'm gonna watch Hidden Figures. You are going to dive into a little bit oh, of The Wire and see how you like it. And we will be back again next week to discuss those and some more WandaVision, as well as whatever the latest news is in Rolling or Trolling. Uh, we appreciate whoever it is that's listening to us right now. Um, if you do enjoy is. what you're hearing, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever it is that you're listening to. Uh, you could also find us on Neil's website, glued to the screen.com. That's glued the number two, the screen.com. Uh, and until next time, Neil, what do you have to say to the people? Stream on, everybody. Stream on. Stream on.